0: So as we enter into this time where we celebrate moms, I want to be very clear that through the lens of a mom, we're ultimately celebrating a God of grace. You're going to hear that very loud and clearly today. So we're in a series called God in Plain Sight, and today specifically we're focusing on finding God through the eyes of a mom. And so at this point, I'm going to get out of the way and have other people, moms specifically, speak into us today, but want to set them up. So we're going to watch them kind of back to back. First up, you're going to see my mother-in-law on video. I asked her the question, how have you experienced God through being a mom? Now, some of you are like, wow, really? An in-law? Yeah, yeah we're, we're good. Yeah, it's all good there, and we're happy. In fact, you know, it's so good that I can get away with showing this picture. This, <laughs> not, this is not a recent picture at all, right? And uh, I did not get her permission, but I did get my wife's permission. I'll find out later if that was enough. Uh, when when she sees this, because she hasn't seen this part yet. And so, uh, that was back in the day when they matched, and Emily, my wife Emily, and her sister Rachel, um, they don't think fondly back on those times when mom decided to match, and, uh, you know, aprons, or, you know, table table mats, whatever those... (laughs) My mother-in-law's not in this service, right? And so, anyway, we'll have that conversation later. I'll see her uh, probably tonight. And so... She, you know, we asked her to speak into this question and these reflections, and so I really wanted to hit kind of every stage of life and circumstance, and after you see my mother-in-law, and then on video for just a couple of minutes, you're going to see my grandma, my dad's mom, who's 92 years old, lives in uh, Franklin, Indiana, and I just love the, she has such a beautiful spirit, and I just love her reflections on life, she, her memory is unbelievable, going back to when she was like three, four years old, it's just crazy. And, uh, and there, But there's multiple reasons why I wanted her to speak into this time, because uh, she's a mom of four, uh, four sons. Uh, here's a picture back in, I think, 1993. It's my grandpa, and my dad's on the far right. He's the third son. This was their, their 50th wedding anniversary, uh, celebrated in Hawaii, and unfortunately, this was the last time uh, all six of them were in one place, because... A few years ago, my grandma lost her oldest son, Richard, who's right next to her, to, to her right. Uh, he had cancer, uh, lived in California. And so many of you, unfortunately, already realize this. When you lose a child, it doesn't matter what age. You just understand that it's out of order. It's not how things are supposed to go. And so my, my grandma lose to that, just the weight of emotion that comes with it and how she's experienced God, you know, through, through that valley specifically. And then after uh, you see my grandma, you're going to see a video of uh, my sister, Paige. Uh, she's married to Kevin. They have four kids. Here's a picture of them. And they're they're four kids. She's holding uh, Hallie, which is the youngest. She'll introduce all of them, but they did that on purpose. They had four kids on purpose. They chose that themselves. So, <laughs> uh, And so what she speaks into, many of you can relate, right? Newer moms, and uh, and she'll speak into kind of her timeline of things. But there's another reason why I wanted her to to speak into how she's experienced God, many of you, unfortunately, have gone through the loss of a child through miscarriage. And, and unfortunately, so many people don't understand the weight of emotion that comes with that. And just this past week at our night of worship, uh, a young woman came to me and said she had experienced a miscarriage, and now she's eight weeks pregnant, and there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that, right? There's the constant fear of you know not wanting to experience that level of loss again. And and so my sister's going to speak into to her experience and having gone through that as well. And uh, hopefully my prayer is that wherever you are in your stage of life, as a mom, as a child, as a husband or dad, you'll be encouraged. And uh, so I'm just going to get out of the way and let these, uh, these women with, with much more life experience and wisdom than me uh, speak into us today.
1: Psalm 139:13 says this, For you created my inmost being, You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days were ordained for me, written in your book before even one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God how vast is the sum of them if i were to count them they would outnumber the grains of sand when i awake i am still with you and that scripture just really speaks to me it always has Um, when i think about how i've experienced god um, through motherhood Um, when emily and rachel were born i was just completely astounded at the intricacies of their bodies and to the itty bitty toenails of the smallest toe and the um, eyelashes that were around their sweet little eyes. And I just know that there is a a creator God who knit them together perfectly. And as I sit here uh, today waiting for my first grandchild uh, to be born, um, we have prayed for him Um, to be knit together um, so intricately and so perfectly that um, he will just be um, uh, just such a a perfect little uh, creation of the Lord. So creator God is what I think of. I think of his majesty um, when I look at a baby um, and to watch through Rachel and Emily's life as they have grown from this little bitty baby to a year later, I'm running across the floor to kindergarten when all I could see was Rachel and Emily's little hair bows with a ponytail I'm um, sticking out uh, from the top of, of the school bus window. Um, and I, I know there is a God because as I watched them grow up and, and went through all of the changes of childhood and adolescence and then grown into these beautiful, godly women. Uh, I have seen God imprinted in their lives all those years and still see that today. So uh, God's love is there. Your, um, uh, just, um, just your assurance um, that God is in their life and working. Um, And in my life, as I have been able to pour into them, uh, to see um, God shape their hearts, um, as Steve and I have tried to do that over the years, and the partnership, because I think of Abba, Father, Daddy. And I've seen how um, you have used Steve um, as, as a, a dad, a daddy to love and nurture his little girls, and now to, to love and adore um, grown daughters. And um, I have seen God uh, through um, having children in uh, his agape love, his unconditional love. Because as a parent, um, you see uh, your children in in your worst possible moments. They see you and will still reach up to hug you. Um, They see you make mistakes and they love you anyway. Um, they've, they've seen, um, my girls have seen me, you know, burn stuff on the stove and us have to go out, uh, to eat because we didn't have anything else, but they didn't care because they loved me more than anything I could ever do for them. And, and I know that that's exactly um, how our heavenly father is. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how much I mess up. Um, God loves me anyway, just like an Abba father does. And so I've been able to experience that complete, unconditional, adoring kind of love um, from uh, my girls.
2: To first say, experiencing God just giving birth to a child once it's handed to you And if you have faith in God, you know that God's been with you to be a mother, watching step by step as they grow. And through life, living, sometimes the hurt that frightens you in accidents that children have, and the fear of losing them, and the happiness they give give you. And God is with each movement and each a child does if you'll stop and take time to look and listen, you actually can see God going with that child to make a human being that loves Him. And that gives you daily more belief in God. My belief in God has given me patience and understanding. When the time comes that you must lose a child, and you must, if without God, sometimes maybe you couldn't handle it, but to lose a child is difficult. And through him, he's given you faith and understanding.
3: Hi, my name is Paige Russell and I'm Darren's sister. I have four children, Sayla, who's six and a half, Zoe who just turned five, Gideon who's almost three, and Hallelujah Grace who we call Hallie um, is eight months old. Um, I pretty much spent my entire life wanting to be a mom. I spent as much time as I could with um, children and babies and I just prayed to the Lord that I would be able to be a mom and have kids and it has always been the dream the desire of my heart and um, I did not become a mom until I was 30 years old, um, and the Lord first showed me Himself and my first experience of God in motherhood is that His timing is perfect, and that um, while the wait on Him can be really, really difficult, we can trust that He is good and He is faithful even when we're faithless, and um, He just really showed me immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine imagine in making me a mom. and. Um, Another way that I've experienced God in motherhood is um, when I was early on in those days with just Selah and I at home and feeling the pressures and the weight of some of what the world says mothering should look like, um, I really was convicted by the Lord to just look to him for how to mother my own children. And I really felt like he said, I gave you these kids, I know these children, I know you, Um, fix your eyes on me. Uh, let me lead you and he showed me very faithfully that he does in fact as Isaiah 40:11 says he gently leads those who have young he carries us close to his heart and um, It's not to be done in the way the world would say and to follow all the formulas of all the books but to just really listen as he leads and as he guides and to really be still and to be present with our kids and um, just to be present with the Lord so that we can see these beautiful people that he has created and made in his image. And um, I would say also another way I've experienced um, God in motherhood is to just operate from a a place of praise. Um, Max Lucado has a quote that says, the enemy cannot remain where God is praised. And I feel like God has really used that powerfully, powerfully in my life as I have learn to just really pour over the Psalms and and read the Psalms over my children and say those back to the Lord in um, prayer and that whenever I feel like I don't know what to do or um, I feel confused or start to feel overwhelmed, I know that if I begin from a place of praise, that is what he says we're formed for. He says, I formed you for my praise. And so that is very much a part of my mothering. Um, And our praise to him is um, just a place that we begin with and that we are constant in. Um, God also showed me that um, as I did in fact learn to follow him and that he would lead me that he would be a gentle father in doing so um, I always um, kind of struggled with a fear of the Lord answering a prayer with a no or if I asked him to take away something in my life that he didn't want there that it would um, be hurtful um, but he showed me himself as a good and gentle and loving father and um, just how gracious and kind he is to me. And I feel like as he's drawn me close to himself in that character, that in his kindness and his graciousness and his forgiveness towards me, he's taught me how to be kind and gracious and forgiving towards my children. And um, even more importantly, he's taught me how to seek their grace and how to um, admit my desperate need for grace and for forgiveness and to be able to ask for forgiveness when I've been too harsh with them, when I've hurried them, and when I have just taken my eyes off of what's most important. I feel like I learned when I got to baby number three to um, savor the work and to kind of say no to resentment and say no to living for the break and trust that the Lord would sustain me. He said, I will sustain you, I will strengthen you, I will uphold you with my mighty right hand and he has very much done that and I feel like it was actually freeing for me to learn to savor the work and the small things and the big things and. Um, to work as though working for the Lord and and to know that the work is good and the planting and the sowing is good and will reap a great,
4: the
3: fr- a fr- fruitful reward for eternity in my children.
0: I don't know what sowing means. Well,
3: I have definitely experienced the Lord in the powerful lesson of learning and for it to become real to me that he is with me, that he will never leave me or forsake me, that nothing can separate me from him. Especially um, in the season before we had our little hallelujah girl, um, uh, we she was very much born after a season of pain um, when I was very thankful for my three children and it was more than I could have ever asked or imagined. I do not take that for granted, um, the ability and opportunity to um, be a mom and to have children. Um, But we had two miscarriages in the span of about four months. It was just really hard and really hurtful and um, just really uh, brought me to an experience of the Lord that I hadn't had before where his um, being with me was so tangible and was so present and was so powerful. And it was life-sustaining and it was just what drove me and what kept me going and what really brought me to life to say, I am at peace and I trust the Lord that no matter what happens, either life nor death, um, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And that just reinvigorated my um, passion for him and fixing my eyes on him and trusting him with my children and um, with my own life. And um, and then, of course, Hallie was born and I feel like the really fun way that he has taught me through her, that same sort of withedness with him is that she loves being with me. She loves when I sing to her, talk to her. She's just always my baby who loves being with me. And very much, I think, because of the loss and because of the fear that I really um, went through in my pregnancy with her, even all the way up until that moment of meeting her, um, seeing this miracle that God had provided in his own strength and that was completely out of my control, um, I just have gotten to know the Father's heart even deeper as I realize He wants to be with me, with us like that. That He loves me like that and He is always with me, but He wants to spend time alone with me. And um, when I get alone with Him and and can experience Him enjoying me and speaking to me, giving me a personal word through His word, then I am filled with joy. And when I grasp His love for me, then I can pour out love, but only after I've been with him, after I have received from him. And that has been very real for me and very, um, really powerful and profound this year especially. Um, And having four children and also that just recognizing that everything comes from him, apart from him, I can do nothing. has really also given me the experience in motherhood, the experience of God in motherhood, of my desperation and dependence on Him, and and very much how my children are dependent on me. I live daily in my desperate dependence on Him, and He's just given me a new new view of how the world will say we're supposed to be independent, we're supposed to um, achieve and succeed um, and earn and acquire. And he says, I want you to empty yourself. I want you to pour yourself out and trust me with your life. And I want you to be desperately dependent on me because he is good and he is faithful. He has everything we need and he will provide. And he is true to his promises, Um, even when we can't see it. And even um, in the hard times and the dark times, um, he will always come through to shine a light on that. And so um, I I just can't imagine a different way that I would experience that more powerfully than um, through these people who I would give my
1: life for.
4: Wow. Good morning, wonderful family. Man, everybody, happy Mother's Day. I am so excited to be here with one of my children on Mother's Day. That doesn't usually happen. And so it's a treat. So thank you for inviting me. Where'd you go? Oh. (laughs) I love you, buddy. Um, and um, and I love you, Miss Emily. I leaned over to Darren um, after I greeted Emily, and I said, she sure was worth waiting for, wasn't she? <laughs> he said, yeah, yes. We're so excited and looking forward to little Levi. Well, I'm excited to be here, and when Darren asked me to reflect on how we experience God, uh, through the eyes of a mother, wow, I, I had to really think about that, and I had never thought about it. Although, in my life as a Christian, I've related a lot of things to parenting and the parent-child relationship and the and God and my relationship. But one of the things is time, the value of time, and how how important that is and how it goes so quickly. Those of you that have raised up kids, you feel like it just went by just like that? But come on now, when you're raising preschoolers, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> come on. Now, how many of you here have preschoolers? Yeah, and that's why you're sitting in here and they're not. No, I'm getting. <laughs> <kidding. I'm... laughs> but um, one of the hardest things to do, seriously, when you have preschool children, is just to get out of the house by yourself. And I was speaking over in Columbus, Ohio, and I had three little preschoolers, and they were going, driving me nuts. And I just, I had left list, and I knew what was going on, and I got in my car, and the whole time I'm driving to Ohio, I am saying out loud to myself, I am a normal human being. I am a normal human being. I am a normal human being. So by the time I got out of my car to be an adult, I would be some sort of a normal human being. So of course, I was sharing with the ladies what it was like to get out of my house, and you all know what happened. And afterwards? An older lady, she's probably my age, looking back on it, she came up to me and she said, oh honey, enjoy your children when they're young, because they grow up so fast. And I'm thinking to myself, lady, I hope so. Because <laughs> it was one of those moments. <laughs> but doesn't it seem like really, really that you... Have these children, and the next thing you know, you're sending out invitations for their graduation open house. It's unbelievable how quickly the time time flies, but Darren preached a few weeks ago on how we need to stay in the moment and to really, really embrace this time and this moment and to not always be looking for what is next and what is next and just embracing this and, and making the memory. When I got in my car yesterday, I named my car Betsy and I got in the car and I said, okay, Betsy, let's go make a memory. You don't think about all the miles you're gonna drive. This is my third time here in less than a month. You don't think about how many diapers you're gonna change. You don't keep a tally of, oh, I cannot do this. You just go and you do it. And as you plan vacations, as you plan going to see relatives, the kids, where, what are we doing, where are we going? We're going to make a memory. And we pray that those become good memories. Um, one of the ways I experience um, God, through a parent, is my relationship. I loved it as my kids got older i 'll be honest, I was a better parent as my kids got older because I wanted them they they would cry and they what, what do you want? <laughs> you know, and, but as they got older, they could speak into my life and tell me. And so I, I loved their hearts. I wanted to know their hearts and their minds. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? Um, not just a to-do list, but I, I wanted to know them. They're, all three of my children are very, very different, and the relationship I share with each one of them is very unique, but I wanted to know them. And that's exactly how God is with us. He wants to know us. He wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants to know how we're, how we're feeling, what we're thinking in the depths of despair, in those moments of joy, in those moments of praise. Wait till you hear the last song we're going to sing today. It is amazing. And it just, God put all of the things that these women that have spoken this morning, He they, it just puts it all together. God does that. That is amazing to me. But that relationship of, of caring and praying for their children and, and trying to do the very best that you can. And I failed a lot as a parent, because I, I made this mistake that maybe a lot of you made. Before I had children, I read all the books on raising children, and the book said, if you do this, they'll do that. Well, I did this, but they didn't do that. And I'm like, what is going on here? Here's the problem. They didn't read the books. Mom, I'm three, I don't read yet, but the book said if I do this, you'll do this is a working, you know, and then Satan can really get in there and mess with your head. But you just keep loving and you keep praying and you keep staying in the moment and you just keep talking to God. And I would get up of a morning, and even now, each day, how can God be glorified through this day? He can be glorified through how I live. He can be glorified through my words. He can be glorified through my actions. Even in the depths of despair, even in those moments of tragedy and hurt, how can God be glorified through this? Because God's all about God, and we want God and need God to be glorified. How can he be glorified through this? And I think it's so important that as, I, as I've looked at people in the, in the scriptures, Jeremiah is one of my favorite people in the whole world, and he was so honest with God. He was just so honest, and God had called him to preach and to teach, and he did everything God told him to do. And in Jeremiah 20, it's actually called Jeremiah's Complaint. And Jeremiah said to God, You've deceived me, and I was deceived. I've done everything you've asked me to do, but every time I speak and proclaim out loud violence and destruction, your word has brought me reproach. People laugh at me all the time, all day long. And then he said, So I no longer am going to speak in your name. And then he says this, But if I say I will no longer speak in your name, your word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Listen, don't quit don't quit Jeremiah has been such an inspiration to me to just go a little bit further just another day take a day a day a day don't look at life in the whole take a day because this day is all that you and I have embrace this day do not quit take the break rest if you must but don't you quit do you all, some of you that are older remember that poem rest if you must but don't you quit and we, we, but how do we do that? Because of God's word. His word is in my heart like a fire. When Darren was born in March of um, 1979, that fall, the minister's wife and myself began a Tuesday Bible study. And I have been in Tuesday Bible study for 39 years. And I will tell you, That that is the reason why God has helped me through so many things in my life, through so many areas of raising up a children and and marriage and life and work and church and all of these different things, because God's word, I want to hide it in my heart and I need to get in his word and apply his word to my life and to my heart. One of the other ways I've experienced God's love is through trusting him, even when I don't understand when Darren was in high school, he was in, uh, part of Fellowship for Christian Athletes, and they met on Wednesday mornings early before school started, and I would always take him. The neighbor got her license, and Darren said to me that morning, Mom, you don't need to take me. You know, I'll call her Susan. Susan can take me. I said, you know what, honey? I said, Susan hasn't had her license very long, <laughs> and so I'm just going to take you. Mom, that is ridiculous. You don't need to take me. I I mean, I can go with Susan. No, really, I'll be happy to take you. And I did. And that day, Susan took her brother, and they stopped and got a friend and picked him up for FCA, and she pulled out onto a state highway, and she told her father later, I forgot to look right. And she was broadsided by a car. Now, had there been another person in that car, whichever one of the three boys it would have been, I don't know what would have happened, but that night when Darren got home, I just took his face and I said, honey, sometimes you just have to trust your mom. And you know what? Don't you feel like God sometimes takes our face and says, child of mine, you just have to trust me. You don't have to understand, you don't even like it, but please, will you just trust me because I love you that much. I love you that much. I love the relationships I have. Every relationship with you is unique, and I think when we lose someone, that's what we miss so much: is we miss the relationship we had with that person that is so unique. And I tell you, it's worth fighting for. Fight for those relationships. Get rid of the pride. Again, Darren just preached on this because I listened to his sermons, and he just preached on this: there's so much pride and hurt, and you know, well, I'll, I'll say I'm sorry if you say you're sorry first. Well, you're, that might be a, that might be never but fight for those relationships. God fights for us. He fights for us and he gave us Jesus. I love looking at life through the eyes of my children. I'll never forget when Paul and I took the children to Niagara Falls and when we passed from the American side over to the Canadian side, as the children looked to the the left the the sound and the sights of the falls. I mean you've just never seen anything like that. And I'll never forget that moment. Or on Christmas morning when they would come out of their rooms and they would come and see the tree all lit up and the gifts underneath the tree and they're like, wow, you know, this is amazing and and just just the awe and wonder of life itself, of the sun coming up. You know, we take so many things for granted. Paige walking outside in, in the winter, and there's our sandbox covered with snow. And she said, look, Mom, it's a snowbox. And, and one day coming home from church, little Stephen, um, we got up to our driveway. And he said, I'll bet Jesus is making our beds and packing our lunches. And I said, what'd you say? <laughs> he said, I'll bet Jesus is making our beds and packing our lunches. I said, why would you say that? Because I don't know how y'all leave your house on Sunday morning, but I didn't leave my house all that well. And there's a little saying, if you've come to see me, come on in. If you've come to see my house, make an appointment. (laughs) So I said, honey, why would you say that? And he said, well, that's what they told us in Sunday school. I said, they said Jesus is making our beds and packing our lunches. He said, no, but they told us Jesus is getting ready for us. And so in a little child's mind, that's what Jesus is doing. They just accept the purity of God's word. Can you imagine the little boy who took the five loaves and two fish his mom had packed for him? Can you imagine when he went home that day and said, hey, mom, you know that lunch you packed for me? Um." (laughs) And can you imagine what that was like to tell the story? Because children see, see through the eyes of God, and they just have such a purity about that. Unconditional love. Um, I love daisies, and today um, when I went there, um, my birthday was also this past week, and so Darren and Emily had put a vase of daisies. And when I woke up this morning, it just so reminds me of God's love. It's part of the reason I love daisies, because when we were little, we used to do, He loves me, He loves me not, He loves me. But you can take God's love and you can pull off every petal you want, and it's, He loves me, He loves me, He loves me, He loves me, He loves me. And I am, and, and, that unconditional love i failed a lot as a parent i've made a lot of mistakes as a parent and i'll still make some but i know that the children will love me and but i know more than that my father in heaven loves me unconditionally i want to share with you a story it's called love you forever by robin robert munch and um It's just a wonderful story I've read to the children through the years. A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And why she held him, she sang. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Well, the baby grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was two years old, and he ran all around the house. He pulled all the books off the shelves. He pulled all the food out of the refrigerator, and he took his mother's watch and flushed it down the toilet. Sometimes his mother would say, this kid is driving me crazy. But at nighttime, when that two-year-old was quiet, she opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of his bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth while singing. I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Well, the little boy grew. He grew and he grew and he grew, and he grew until he was nine years old, and he never wanted to come in for dinner, he never wanted to take a bath, and when Grandma visited, he said bad words. Sometimes his mother wanted to sell him to the zoo. But at nighttime, when he was asleep, the mother quietly opened the door to his room, went across the floor, and looked up over the side of the bed. And she would pick him up and rock him back and forth and sing this i'll love you forever i'll like you for always as long as i'm living my baby you'll be the boy grew he grew and he grew and he grew and he grew until he was a teenager he had strange friends and he wore strange clothes and he listened to strange music and sometimes the mother felt like she was in a zoo but at night time when that teenager was asleep the mother opened the door to his room crawled across the floor and looked up over the side of the bed If he was really asleep, she picked up that great big boy and rocked him back and forth while singing, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. That teenager grew. He grew and he grew and he grew, and he grew until he was a grown-up man. He left home and got a house across town. But sometimes on dark nights, the mother got into her car and drove across town, and if all the lights in her son's house were out, she opened his bedroom window, crawled across the floor, looked up over the bed, and if that great big man was really asleep, she picked him up and sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living my baby, you'll be. Well, that mother, she got older, and she got older and older and older, and one day she called up her son and said, you'd better come see me because I'm old and I'm sick. So her son came to see her, and when he came to the door, she tried to sing the song, and she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll love you for always. But she couldn't finish because she was too old and sick. The son went to his mother, and he picked her up, and he rocked her back and forth, back and forth, and he sang this song, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my mommy you'll be. When the son came home that night, he stood for a long time at the top of his stairs, Then he went into the room where his very new baby daughter was sleeping, and he picked her up in his arms and very slowly rocked her back and forth, back and forth. And while he rocked, he sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. And I love this story But I feel like God says to us each and every day as we crawl up into his lap, and sometimes, folks, we just need that big bear hug. Sometimes we just need to rest, just like little Hallelujah Grace rested in her mommy's lap, and she would lean up against Paige's chest. I just visualize just crawling up and God holding me, and I'm safe and I'm secure. And I feel like he says, I love you forever, I'll love you for always, forever and ever, my child you will be. And we will long for the day when we can be with him. I was babysitting Paige and Kevin's children um, a year ago. Zoe was four at the time. And I was sleeping. They were gone for the night, so I was sleeping in their bed. And about 5 o'clock in the morning, I sensed this presence in front of me. And it was this little girl. And so I opened my eyes, and Zoe's standing right there, and she proclaimed. She looked at me, and she said, I need my parents. Not, I want my mommy, where's my daddy? Just, I need my parents. And of course, she crawled into bed and slept with me for a little while. But you know what? I thought, how sweet and how sincere and how innocent. But that's exactly how I want to be with God. I need God. I need God. And we can crawl up and rest in the arms of God. Growing up in Pennsylvania, I was in our minister's home, Um, Mr. and Mrs. Comp. I spent a lot of time there. Jackie is the one that introduced me to the Lord, their daughter. Called her mom and dad comp. Mom comp died several years ago, but before she did, she gave me this plaque. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I want to pass this on to Heather. Because that's what we do from generation to generation. We pass on the love of God. And we share in each other's lives, in each other's joys, in each other's hurts. And I want to close with Zephaniah three seventeen because I think this is what we do with our children, and this is what God does with us. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And so that relationship with God is priceless let us hide God's word in our heart and let us let's experience life as a child through a child's eyes and just loving and embracing but knowing most of all, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so.